Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March 19th, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, as I thank you every day. And I hope you'll call me to make this show more interesting. It's your calls drive what we talk about. Now, here in Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, our investment firm, we have one philosophy, just one, and that is. To help you become better, our philosophy is independent thinking and shared success. To help you become a better investor. That's our job. To help you make better decisions in your investment choices. That's it. This show has been doing this for 20 years. That's the drive. Okay. And of course, we all are in search of the of the golden ticket of retirement where you don't have to work for our money anymore and the money works for us. That's the goal. Now, today, in this hour, I'm going to do my very best to help you get there. And we're going to do it one one question at a time to help you get to that goal. And that means I'm going to talk about certain subjects as the day goes by or the hour goes by, and you're going to be calling to ask questions about subjects that are interesting to you that you want to know about. And that number is 888-99-CHARP. It is live right now. We're live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And by the way, we know about our little distortion problem, our audio distortion problem. I've gotten a couple of emails and it's very frustrating, but we think, working with AT&T, we think we've identified the issue and we're meeting with them tomorrow to try to clean it up. If that doesn't do it, we have other alternatives and we will make this audio noise that you hear every so often better. So if you would be patient, I really would appreciate it. Now, technology had a terrific day yesterday. And this morning, we saw four of the five big tech stocks uh, trading higher. Apple, though, was not. That kind of kind of faded a little bit during the day. There are still more open jobs in the U.S. than there are qualified people to fill them. Still there. So obviously, the economy remains, remains pretty robust. And the markets kind of just seem to want to go higher. Have you noticed that? They just want to go higher. They still haven't reached their old highs, but they kind of shrug off news that's not so positive and focus on news that it is. That is a bit positive. So we, we probably are going to see a pretty strong economy. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And because of that, we're probably going to see a lot higher gasoline prices at the pump this coming summer. Gasoline prices have been edging, edging up. Even though we have plenty of supply, they still are edging up and they probably will continue to do so. I think the average price is around two fifty five per gallon right now. And experts are calling for $3 by, by the summer. And for us on the West Coast, $3 a gallon means $4 a gallon for us. $3 a gallon for everybody else. California is wonderful in how they tax and cost and they just love it. 
You know, our politicians here on the West Coast are very prone to add taxes. And they just added taxes this last, to gasoline this last, you know, just in January, February, somewhere in there. Anyways, we had to deal with that. Political officials, uh, political officials are threatened to break up big tech. I've talked about this before. I can see that happening. I can really see that happening. Um, there's all these escalating privacy violations and privacy issues that big tech seems to don't care too much about. You know, they're they're the new big brother for those who've read 1984. It's not the government's big brother, even though they are. It's more big tech. Everything you do, everything you do, they're watching. For example, insurance companies are using computer algorithms to sift through online postings. You're being watched. What are they looking for? Insurance companies, what are they looking for? They're looking for risky behavior. So, like, if you're posting pictures of skydiving or drinking and having great fun and showing you get drunk every every weekend, on you, you know, they're looking at that. And your insurance premiums will reflect that. So check out your social media privacy settings. And even if you do, maybe you don't, I don't know if you can set them high enough for people that you don't want to know. So, you know, your behavior is being watched. Prospective employers, what do you think they check? They're going to check all the online services to see if they can find out more about you. And they're going to hire a company to do that for them before they hire you. So be very careful. Are you a media investor? The resized Fox Corporation started its first day of trading today, following its asset spinoff to Disney. Fox News is the crown jewel of the newly configured company. And for the fiscal year into June 2018, a new report was has put the company's cable networks uh, at about $2.3 billion in revenue earnings uh, on, re- on earnings on revenue of five billion, two point three billion earnings on revenue of five billion. Now compare that with the average broadcast media. There is three hundred seventy million dollars in earnings on five point one billion. So Fox is much more profitable, much more profitable. So, I mean, I think it accounts for eighty six percent. Uh, the cable news division, 90% of that is from them. Very successful part of their business. And of course, we all know what's happening with Burl Boeing. Boeing, don't feel too sorry for them. They still are one of the largest companies out there. But uh, after hours today, they were reported uh, uh, that, no, no, not after hours. It was FedEx. Um, but they, um, they, Boeing CEO said they expect, ex- expediting a software fix for their flight control problem on the 737 MAX 8. Did they ever admit to a flight control problem? I don't remember reading that anywhere. But apparently that's what it is. And apparently, one thing that bothers me about this whole thing, you know, the, the this is a brand new plane, 737 MAX 8 jetliner, okay? Um there's talk in Washington, D.C. that the FAA may have allowed Boeing to self-certify the MAX 8 plane. Now, I'm, that, that bothers me a lot. Why does the FAA, why does it exist if they're not going to be, one of their main functions is to certify new planes? And letting a, a company that makes a plane self-certify the plane? 
shouldn't the FBA, FAA be testing those things? Are they, are they don't have the experts to do that? So they're going to rely on a company? Does that make any sense to anybody out there? Or is it just me? Am I just being paranoid? Just seems like to me the FEAA would not let any company self-certify any plane. They would do the certifying. They would check it out. Well, it's going to cost Boeing billions of dollars for this problem. And as you can see, there's always lots of news, lots of news I find interesting. I hope you do too. So why don't we go ahead and grab a question from our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Um, first off, I'd like to thank you guys very much for your, uh, your great advice and uh, everything that you do. Um, I was wondering what, you, what your thoughts on our Snapchat. I know since 2019, uh, they're up between 50 to 60%. I was wondering what you guys think about the company going to the near into the future. You know, you got going up against uh, Facebook's Instagram and uh, Twitter. Thanks. So of course, you know they're they're fighting the huge behemoths of companies, but Snapchat's not some small change. It's a fourteen billion dollar company. It's just that you know they're up against some pretty heavyweight guys. Um, looking at it, they provide uh, a com- camera-related application to help people express themselves and communicate. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they got bought by one of the big behemoths. I could see that happening. I hope it doesn't, but I could see it happening. Uh, they don't make money. And I don't like to buy companies that don't make money. They haven't made money since they came out of IPO in 2015. Every year they've lost money. Now, they're going to lose $0.30 cents this year. They lost $0.47 cents a share last year. So the estimate is to lose $0.30 cents this year and then $0.11 cents next year. So they're losing money. Their sales growth is very strong, very strong, 30 to 40%. I mean, 36% last quarter, 43% the quarter before that, 44 54 72% going backwards. So they've been their sales growth is shrinking, but it's still pretty darn high. But I wouldn't have any interest in the company until it makes money. And it's not going to make money, so I would stay away from it. A $14 billion company market cap that does not make money. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not keen with that. I'm not, I'm not, co- yeah, that does not make me feel good about investing in the company. The company selling for $10.63, is that cheap or is that expensive? Well, it's not making any money. So to me, it's expensive. What if they never make any money? How, when is that, when are they going to make money? So until they do, I'm not interested. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I want to thank you for making this program part of your daily routine. I do appreciate it. Justin and I do our very best to try to make it interesting and instructive. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. So search, listen, subscribe, and rate the Invest Talk podcast if you would. You can do it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You know, so you can download it and listen to it whenever you want. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. In today's market, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Well, you've come to the right place, Invest Talk, And Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, our main talking point today. 
ride-hailing platform Lyft will reportedly launch a roadshow for its $2 billion IPO. It's about $2 billion. We don't really know. They haven't set the price, but we think it's going to be around there. Lyft wants investors to make large commitments to its IPO now. That's why they're taking it on the road to convince people of that to buy their stock. And they want to do it before Uber comes out with their IPO. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Other things I want to talk about. The Fed meetings, in two day, they're in two-bit day meetings right now. And I want to talk about the China not going quietly into the night concerning trade talks. What they said today that kind of made the market fall. The market was down, the Dow was down 27, then the Nasdaq was up 9, and the S&P is down 1. But it was up nicely for most of the day until after China didn't want to go quietly into the night. You know, that poem, Rage, Rage Against the Dark, yeah, that one. FedEx. I want to talk about Federal, Federal Express, but not about the stock or buying the stock or the number of the stock. I want to talk about their earnings and, as, and FedEx as an indicator of economic growth or slowdown. And what they, they had after hours, after hours, they reported earnings and projections and estimates. So I want to talk about that. And the 10 most expensive cities to live in on Earth, two of them made the top 10 less from the United States. Two are from the United States. Last year, it was zero. This year, two. So this is for top 10 cities in 2018. And I'll have them in order. And I, I read these last year. I don't remember if you remember, but I always thought it's interesting to see how expensive it is and what cities in the world. These are the major cities. And these aren't like little... We're not talking about, you know, rural cities, major cities in the world. So that's what we're going to discuss. But, of course, you first, what do you guys want to talk about? Whatever topic belongs as financial, we'll discuss it. Here's an investing term you might want to know. Offering. An offering is the issue or sale of security by a company. An offering is used in reference to an initial public offering, like the lift that we're going to talk about. It's an offering. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I believe that every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. And as a first step in building a more prof- a profitable portfolio, a strategy, or whatever way you want to earn that money in investments, you need to know your risk tolerance. Now, of course, you can calibrate that using our free risk tolerance software called Riskalyze. Go to investtalk.com, just answer the questionnaire. They're very short. It's not very long. It'll take a few minutes. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and March is moving fast. Now, more than ever, you still need unbiased investing guidance, right? Of course you do, because it can help you achieve financial freedom. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's taking your calls live. So step up with your questions, 888-99-CHART. Okay, our main talking point today, ride-sharing platform Lyft will be launching its roadshow to for its IPO. Roadshow meaning it's, it's going to go around the country, talk to all the big warehouses, big financial houses, and try to convince them to buy big chunks of them and drive up the price. They have not 
decided on the IPO price. For, for every for people that don't know, when you come out with a new public company after it's been private, now you want to sell on the exchanges, you have to meet certain financial criteria, but you establish your own stock price. You decide, I'm going to IPO at $18 a share or $50 a share or $1,000 a share. And you might ask yourself, well, well, what's to stop them from establishing any price they want? Well, it will be the financials. People, you know, the quote-unquote experts, the big warehouse financial houses will pay a certain amount and they'll buy $2 million. Because remember, they want, they're in this to make money. They want to buy the stock, have it go up, and then sell it. I mean, that's their job. Uh, the, the, and therefore, they don't want to overpay for a stock. Just like when we sit here on this radio show and you call me about a stack, I would say, oh, that looks very expensive. I, I, don't, I don't want to overpay it. Same thing when they come out with the IPO. So that's what Lyft is doing. They're doing it now because uh, they're doing it now because of uh, Uber going to come out with their IPO tomorrow. And the question is, is there enough appetite for two huge IPOs of two companies doing essentially the same thing? You know, ride sharing. You got to also be careful. Remember how these guys derive their, by the way, they don't make money, either one. They have huge sales, but they don't make money. So they're still building out their infrastructure probably, and they're spending a lot of money on that. But is there enough appetite for, you know, two two multi a billion two billion three billion two billion three billion companies out there does is there enough does everybody want it at what price so that's why they're yeah they're out there uh trying to talk it up it's very common not nothing unusual by the way, you won't be offered you won't be offered the Lyft or the Uber IPO. I won't be offered it. That won't happen. The only time we get offered IPO stocks is when the big boys don't want it. And why wouldn't the big boys want it? Because the numbers are not very good, or the company's fundamentals are not solid, or you know something's wrong. When that happens, when an IPO comes out, and you get a call from your broker or whoever and wants to sell you an IPO that's coming out, that means uh, uh, it's a bad IPO. Don't buy it. Don't ever buy any IPOs. That's a rule. You do not buy IPOs because you won't get them at the price. And if you do get them at the price, they're ones you shouldn't be buying in the first place. So, there. 888-99-CHART, everybody. Now, we saw yesterday that Burger King established a monthly coffee plan. Remember that? A subscription. Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. Well, here comes a question about Starbucks. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Conrad from Phoenix. I just started listening to your podcast. Really like it. I'm kind of at a crossroads with uh, Starbucks, S-B-U-X. I bought it when it was down a few months ago at $51 a share, and it's still hovering above $70 a share right now. I've earned about 37% in just this small, you know, time frame here within the last year. Normally, I would like to hold on to stocks for the long term, you know, at least a minimum of two to three years before I start thinking about selling, but... Should I just take my 38% earnings and, and walk away? The potential of growth for Starbucks is still there. Really like the company. Just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts. Kind of a weird situation I haven't been in before. Okay. I'd probably take some profits off the table. I may not sell all of it, but I might sell half. 
Starbucks, everybody. S-B-U-X is the symbol. Operates 29,000 coffee shops worldwide. And it's still growing 9-10% in sales. So it's still growing. Earnings are growing 12% last couple of years. But it's not cheap either. Uh, they're going to make $3 a share next year, and it's a $71 stock. Okay, what does that make it? 22, 23 IPO, uh, 20, um, uh, 20, 22 uh, PE ratio. And is that low? Well, it's fairly low for Starbucks. Starbucks is getting so big, $88 billion, that their PE ratio is coming down off of being really high. It's not, the last five years has been up to 40 PE. And the low is 20. But don't get too carried away because the PE is... The E is starting to slow down. So the P ratio and the sales are starting to slow, still growing, but starting to slow down from their really huge numbers. So they still deserve a pretty, a better than average PE ratio. So I think it's near its fair market price at this point. I think that's about where it should be. So I, I would not hesitate to take a little bit off the table for Starbucks. I wouldn't get out of it. It should be a core holding. And and we need to think about why did you buy it? Was it a core holding you were thinking about buying? And you don't sell core holdings just because they've gone up. That's what you want them to do. On the next Invest Talk, will Amazon Business be the unit that drives growth even higher? Amazon Business represents an aggressive expansion into the market of business-to-business, B2B e-commerce. That story is going to be tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone, you may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. This is Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure that your investments are performing as well as they should be? Well, there's a treasure trove of wealth building information freely accessible right now at investtalk.com. You'll find investment strategies and unbiased guidance. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, the Federal Reserve is meeting uh, this week. Uh, don't expect much action from them. They're not going to raise rates anytime soon, and they're probably not going to indicate that they're going to raise rates anytime soon. But they might talk about their balance sheet. They've been letting it run off, and that is like raising rates, by the way. It's reducing liquidity. So it'll be interesting to see if they say anything about that. But a more important piece of news out today was about China. 
China not uh, uh, then. By the way, talks resume, big high-level talks resume next week in China, the week after back here in the U.S., and it is said that they, these are the final stages that they're in. That's what they're saying. But China might be backing away from some of its promises it's made, and they kind of hinted at that today. So is that going to cause a problem? And that made the market, made the market fall from being up to being flat for the day, basically. So that tells you that there is built into the market that a deal is going to happen. If something happens to that deal, the market is not going to like it. I don't know how how painful the fall will be, but it won't like it at all. And if we do get a deal, I'm not convinced the market's going to take off. Maybe for a day or two, maybe I'll have a good day or... But market always looks forward. It's going to be looking for the next thing. You know, and what will the next thing be? I don't know if we have a next thing on our agenda. One thing that might happen is that the economy will pick back up. Remember, it softened in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's going to be kind of maybe uh, one plus percent in this first quarter. We'll know that next week, the week after. Well, two weeks, two weeks or maybe three weeks from now after this first quarter. But I think from this first quarter, I think it's going to get stronger. And what if earnings and growth and sales gets does better than the expectation because the expectation has been pretty low for this year? So, I don't know. That might could, could be a catalyst. Who knows? Market's going to need something. That's for sure. Now, here comes a very interesting question about selling shares. The, this came in early on our 24-hour listener line, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. How are you guys doing? Long-time listener here. Love the show. Learn lots from you. I have a quick question, though, on uh, something financial here. I don't know. When I look at a stock that I'm interested in buying or selling, what insider trading information would give me any indication on selling or buying a stock? There's one stock I've been looking at buying, Square, SQ, and I've noticed since the beginning of the year, I guess one of its holders, Jack Dorsey, has been selling millions and millions of dollars in the company that he must be one of the bigger owners of. Should this be any alert to me if one of the heads of the company or something is selling out in millions of dollars? Should I maybe stay away from this stock? Or what does that tell you when people in the company are selling their private shares? Thanks for the insight. Okay. Uh, insiders buying or selling their company shares. Unfortunately, insiders selling is very confusing because it may not have anything to do with the underlying company that they own. It may have everything to do with they're just trying to realize their profits from this company and they've been given stock shares over the years and they're just trying to take some profits and diversify a bit. So it's hard to know when there's a selling going on from the insiders that is it because they're worried or just that they're taking profits. And I think you really can't determine that. So it almost isn't a good indicator or anything for you. However, insider buying shares in the open market, buying more shares, that's a pretty positive sign because insiders don't, they usually get 
shares at discounts or free shares as an insider, as one of the big yuck yucks at the company, they get shares. So when they buy more shares, that tells you that maybe they think something positive is going on there. So I think I think that's more important if you watch the insiders buying, the action of them buying as opposed to selling. Because selling could be because they're scared and they want out of their own company or they're just realizing profits from being given so many shares and they just want to diversify. You just can't tell. Okay, but that's a very good question, by the way. Something to look at. I always look at, we always look at those when, when we're buying or selling the company. We want to see what the insiders are doing. I'm Steve Peasley, and this is the Talk, everybody. New listeners may not realize that we have been producing this program five days a week for 20 years. And through all that time, I mean, we're talking through the dot-com crash and the financial the crash of 2008, two market crashes, heavy-duty market crash. For all the time we have heard, we've been offering timely financial investing news and information and try to help everybody through that. And it's always unbiased investing advice. We don't, ha- we don't, we don't pay for anything. We don't owe anybody. And, you know, we talked about the software a little bit that we use. We really like uh, Y charts, their soft, their, their, their software, their platform with data and, you can build it any way you want. Y Charts is one of our favorite and is one of our sponsors too, but we've been using it for years. So it's a really good piece of software. So, you know, if you have questions, financial questions, please give me a call. So keep the questions coming. I really tell your friends about us. Tell your family members. Call us. If you have any financial questions, we'll talk about it. Now we're live in the Bay Area on KDOW radio station. And, of course, we live stream, and you also can, you know, get, and it's 4 o'clock Pacific time, Monday through Friday. And, of course, you can podcast anytime you want. And I'm taking your question live. Call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news, sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. You'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk Radio and Podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Raj in North Carolina. How you doing, Raj? Hey, I'm doing good. I have a question about Google and Microsoft. They are going very steady. Is it a good time to buy? Well, a great time to buy was when they had we had the little correction at the beginning of the year. Uh, looking at right. Google Alphabet, G O O G. 
uh, you know, who everybody knows who they are, online search engine stuff. They're still growing 20% plus in sales, and their earnings will grow this year, this year, 4%, and the estimate is for next year to grow 10% to $54.68 a share. So that means it's what, 20, 23, 24 P, which is not, not that expensive, really. Not for, not for, you know, Google. Their lowest they've ever been is 21, and they're still growing their sales 20 plus percent, and it's been very consistent for the last two years every quarter. So it's not a bad price to buy Google based on historical norms for them. Uh, but you know, when it was around a thousand dollars, that was a lot better. <laughs> but now it's yeah, at 1,200, yeah. so it's it's gone up about 20 percent since the beginning of the year. So just know that you're buying it after it's made a good run if you're going to buy it. It's probably going to slow down about $1,240 to $1,250, somewhere around in there, maybe $1,260. Uh, it's probably going to start slowing down because was, that's the high it made last year before it turned over and corrected. So it could be a difficult for it to get through there. But no, I don't think it's out of line price-wise. I don't. Google, everybody. Thanks, Raj. Appreciate the call. Google, G-O-O-G. Let's go to Mike in San Jose. He wants to talk about Micron. Is it Micron Technology? M-U, yeah. Oh, did we lose Mike? Did we lose Mike? That sounds like a dial tone. So maybe we lost Mike. Mike, call us back. We'll get you back on. Let's go to George. How you doing, George? George. Yellow. I'll be happy to go to George, but I don't hear George. George? Okay. Uh, is George or a Mike there? Either one. Nope. Yeah, Guys, George. This on. is George uh, calling. <laughs> okay, George. How you doing? I'm doing well, Steve. Thank you for the very informative uh, information you put out. And um, enjoyed you. your previous broadcast when you talked about um, how you do your own selections. You do your study. You don't buy information nope. to then make your selections nope. of stock uh, equity investments you do your own studies to, to make that determination yeah <laughs> we use y charts um, to do that and, and, and a bunch of other software we use to do that and we we buy the data but we don't buy someone else's research on the stocks i, I don't like that right i do my own research do, so you got do a question you publish no you 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 say you do you, you for your clients you do for yourself the same things Right. Do you publish your annualized returns uh, so those could be compared against other financial companies that well, we don't. Most, yeah, I would love to, but registered investment advisors don't. The reason why we don't because we're not mutual funds. We if we have we can do that, but every one of our clients has to be audited by one of the big four, according to the SEC. They all have to be audited, and then you can average your performance for all your clients. Of course, mine would be the same for everybody, but I'd have to do every audit individually every year, and that's three hundred grand or so, and far too expensive for me. Unlike a mutual fund where you well, just you, know, asked, you might have a bunch of yeah, I'm sorry. go ahead. I'm sorry. The reason I ask is that uh, I think last summer Fidelity came out with a no-cost money management fund, and you just wonder uh -huh. how the results of that would compare against other money managers. So you make an intelligence decision on where to park your money. Yeah, that I have no problem with comparing 
you know, mutual, different mutual funds with different other mutual funds. And, you know, you could, you know, unfortunately for me, I can't, you know, I can't give out performance. You don't hear me talk about that because I can't, uh, the SEC won't let me. I, I do show when I meet with people, I do show them all my holdings and what I personally did in the last one, two, five, ten years. And I tell them right. I buy the same thing for myself. If I do as the clients at the same price, same percentage, but I get around that auditing thing that way because uh, I can't, I just can't afford it. You know, I'm too small. Does anybody, it, no, no register. Money Magazine, anybody rank, rank companies such as yours so that you can see how they're yes. ranked as far they, as their uh, overall they do, they do, they do rank them. They do rank them, Mike, but not by performance. They rank them by customer service. They rank them by size, how much money under management. They rank them by different, but not performance. Okay? So it's really a matter thanks, of, thanks of for just call. trust. Really trusting that you're going to do the best um, job for me better than, than uh, one of the other financial advisors. that would. It, it, it really does boil down. Yeah, Mike, I hate to tell you, but yeah, it kind of boils down to Now, I will, when I meet with people, I showed them things all that we hold and all my performance for me for the last umpteen years but i can't talk about it over radio i can't yeah can't do that mike appreciate the call call me if you want to know more more specifics i'll be happy to discuss it with you okay thanks mike but did you want to talk about uh micron technology Oop. well no oh was that george no oh. It says Mike San Jose, M-U. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, I want to talk about FedEx a little bit. Um, you know, I kind of use deliverers of packages as a kind of leading economic indicator when we come out of recession. For me, I kind of use it. It's nothing official, but when I see them, the packages, more and more packages being moved about, Coming out of recession, that tells me that maybe this is real. We're getting out of the recession. Kind of is a leading indicator a little bit. It's not really leading indicator, but it helps me decide that the economy is turning around. Well, FedEx, FedEx is um, of the global nature, right? And they, they they came out after hours with not very good numbers, and the market and they were after hours trading was down about five percent. For FedEx, and they were th- saying that there's weaker global trade growth trends and problems coming out of Europe. Remember, they bought a company called TNT out of Europe, and that was a package delivery company. And they're saying it's going to cost another 1.5 billion dollars to integrate them uh, into their system by 2021. So there wasn't very good news, and they actually guided a little bit lower. They missed their numbers a little bit. Nothing tremendous, but enough to say, hmm, what's the problem with FedEx? Now the question is, is this FedEx, or is it more widespread? Or is it just FedEx? And, of course, you can look at UPS. And we're going to come, we're definitely tomorrow, I'll be comparing those numbers, see what they had. No, so... Uh, the question here is: Is this a leading indicator for us that their economies turn around, or is this a already telling us it's already weak and therefore, you know, it, better things are ahead? Well, we thought that in January when they had missed numbers there, and guess what? Here it is, 
almost three months later and nothing's improved. It actually deteriorated a little bit. I'm Steve Peasley and this is a mess talk. We're quickly heading into the finish line for today's show, but we're here now working to help you achieve financial freedom. That is our always goal, right? So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, will Amazon business be the unit that drives growth even higher? It represents an aggressive expansion into the market of business-to-business e-commerce. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Hi, Mike, you come back. You want to talk about Micron technology? Yes, the earnings are coming out tomorrow night, and I was wondering what the what he suggests. I bet you the earnings are pretty decent because the stock was up today, uh, and somehow you know people always know. Remember, this is a buy the rumor, sell the news, so it's been up the last couple three days, pretty nice, and so I think the earnings are going to be pretty good. But I don't think uh, the stock will probably. I don't think the stock will pop up because of it. I don't. Um, you could see okay. the stock even fall off a little bit. But yeah, I, I think the news is going to be decent, yes. Is that all you have? But you, 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 you think want, that they'll buy the news, the sell the news type of thing? Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to buy Micron, okay. I'd wait till after they announce their earnings. I would wait because you might get a little drop in okay. the stock. And that might, that might be a good time to buy it too, based on the chart that I'm looking at. Okay. Wonderful. Appreciate Thank the call, you, Mike. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you. M- MU, everybody, Micron Technology makes DRAM and flash memory chips and sensors and those kinds of things. And, you know, their earnings are going to go, have been going down, uh, but it looks like sales are still growing. So I think that maybe we've got a turnaround. They were selling for $60 a year back in last June. Then got all the way down to 30 uh, $31, $32 a share, and now it's at 40 It's come off that low. So, you know, it's the chip cycle. There's a there's a cycle in it. I think we've seen the bottom of the cycle for the chip sector. I do. 888-99-CHART. We have a voicemail. Uh, oh, we're going to do a talking point here. Huh, uh, we talked about FedEx, so we don't, you know, don't want to discuss that. How about uh, the 10 most expensive cities to live in on Earth? Number one, 10 most expensive. Remember, we have two from the United States this year. Last year, we had none. Two entered the top 10. Singapore is number one. Zurich is number two. Zurich, Switzerland. Hong Kong is three. Paris is four. Geneva, another another city in Switzerland, is five. Osaka, Japan. Seoul, South Korea. Number eight is New York. Number nine is Copenhagen. Have you been to Copenhagen? I did. I have been there. It's kind of a neat city. And number 10 is Los Angeles. Now, why did the two U.S. make it to the list this year when they weren't on it last year? The dollar got stronger over the year, and the economy in the U.S. got stronger. So they count like uh, numerous data points to determine this. And so um, when they, it, it, it's so many of them, I mean, there's a lot, that 
uh, you know, it, it, economy strength and cost of living and cost of transportation, all those things, cost of food in the cities, cost of restaurants, all that's concluded in these numbers. And, of course, you know, the stronger the dollar, the more uh, costly is to live in the United States compared to others. Remember, they also have to do a, um, you know, a comparison of the, the currencies. I mean, it's pretty complex what they got to do, you know. Now, the dollar has been falling for the last couple of weeks, but it spiked to a new 52-week high two weeks ago. So it's still pretty high. We're gonna, do we have time to go to the voicemail, guys? Okay, let's go to the voicemail at about, it looks like CELG. Hey, guys, just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, cell gene therapy, C-E-L-G. Is it a good value stock you'd uh, keep as a a holding for a long-term period? I'd like to get your thoughts. Thanks. Okay, cell gene is a $62 billion company out of Summit, New Jersey. I used to live in Summit, New Jersey, by the way, when I first graduated from college. Moved back east from California. First, my first time I lived in was Summit, New Jersey. A very nice town. Develops therapies to treat cancer, immune inflammatory diseases, and regulating cells, genes, and proteins. Their earnings are going to go up 21% this year. That's the estimate. Another 17% next year. They're growing their sales 16, 17, 18% quarter after quarter. And it's a fairly inexpensive stock with a 10 PE. It's $89 shares. Going to make $12.00. And 56 cents. So if it stays at 10 PE, that'd be $125. So yeah, it's it's on a chart. It's hitting resistance right now, but it's still a fairly inexpensive stock. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. And I thank you for your low oil support and all your questions. I really appreciate it. And I hope you call tomorrow. Come back. Have a nice weekend there. Um, weekend. I keep saying weekend. Have a nice evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.